very experiential, meaning they're not just going to talk about things. We're going to stop and declare them and pray them. And so um, as we're watching this, even though it's video, we're going to be responding as though we're there. Okay? So when he says to stand up, we all stand up. When he says to pray for each other, we're going to pray for each other. Um, all right? So don't get scared. Don't leave. It's all good. Um, you know what's funny? Let me just say this now, too, because when, when Bill says, you know, take the hand of somebody on the right to the left and pray this or that, if you think about it, if we're all praying, you're really not hearing what each other is saying anyway. You're praying what your heart is for them. So it's not really about someone listening to you and, and you getting self-conscious, am I praying right? Just, just listen to the Father and pray blessing, and you'll be perfectly fine, all right? So, um, but first, I just wanted to share, uh, when I came back from writing a, a day or two later, I, I wrote this in my journal, and I wanted to share it with you. Um, actually, right before I get to that, it's um, Bill, wherever you are, Bill, way back there. Awesome word. Um, awesome word, Bill. And, and I love how God um, orchestrates things. I just love it. So when I was sitting here in worship, you know, you talked about the joy and the lemon drops that are melting. And in worship, I... Um, I got a, a, from the Lord that I was the first thing I was supposed to do before I shared this uh, this word from my journal is is to remind you of Psalm 16 that in God's presence there is fullness of joy. In God's presence there is fullness of joy, and I was meditating on that uh, while we were worshiping with amazing Joel and company, and. Um, and then he, he just started to personalize it with me. And so I want to do that for you. So I guess this is close your eyes night because, <laughs> because I'm going to ask you to close your eyes just for a moment. And to first, um, so just repeat after me, in God's presence, there is fullness of joy. In God's presence, there is fullness of joy. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. I'm in your presence. I have fullness of joy. I'm in your presence. I have fullness of joy. And if you're not laughing or feeling that, that actually doesn't change the statement in the least bit. Because joy is that inward knowing that you belong to your papa. It's that inward knowing. It's the hope that floods you that says he is going to work all things out for my good. That's where joy comes from. And you are in his presence because he never leaves you. So therefore, you don't have to wonder for you if this statement is true. In, I, I'm in your presence. I have fullness of joy. There you go. That's the way the kingdom works right there. You can open your eyes if you want. That's the way the kingdom works, is we actually believe what God says. 
even if we're not always feeling it. You still believe what he says. And then often you do start to feel it. Not always. Feelings start coming around. So this is what I'm going to share with you. I'm not going to expand too much on it. I'm just going to read it pretty much. And then again, we'll listen to Bill. So I wrote, what I most want, Lord, is an encounter of love with you. I'm going to talk a little bit about the building tonight, about Blazing Fire's own place that we know is coming. But I wrote this. If we have a building, our own building, our own place to host your presence, to host revival, creating an atmosphere of love and power for a family so that sons and daughters have a home to come to. But if I and we don't have encounters with your love, we can have that building, but we'll have nothing to give away. These encounters have to be all the time. We were born for this. We have to stop the insanity and live the way we were born to live. With encounter as a regular experiential part of our lives. And I define insanity as being out of our true mind in Christ. And it's following our soul's boredom. Just defining my definition of insanity as following our soul's boredom at times. Let me explain that. When we live in such a way that it's not consistent with our true and new nature in Christ, it's because we have forgotten who we are. When we don't know who we are and what we're born to do, we get bored. And when we get bored, we go after the best that the world has to offer. Feeling the Lord on this big time. Only it leaves us empty and hungry every time. And then we end up beating ourselves up for making those choices. All the while still not going after our true heart's desire. The Lord's presence. The way we were born to. That's the insanity that has to stop. We were born for so much more. We were born for genuine encounters, deep encounters, reoccurring encounters of love, of genuine true pleasure, the way God intended it. The Christian life is about being led by the Spirit so that you can be your true self. I just want to, I have a little bit more, but I want to read something that came from Rich Oliver uh, up in Sacramento area, pastor, father, figure up there. He wrote, God is immeasurable, unfathomable, and cannot be contained. 
to keep going, to stay in the game. The building is here. I'm not saying I can point to it yet. I'm saying what my spirit told me. The building is here. It's ours and it's time. The reason why we put these baskets back out there actually are, are um, just to clarify again, offering for blazing fire, like for our operating of operating blazing fire, having this building and uh, uh, operating expenses, salaries, that kind of stuff. That's all what that helps for. This goes towards having our own place. And um, for a while we didn't have a box because it actually broke and it took us a while to get these. But tonight I really wanted them here. Because as we're praying, as, you, as we're going through these declarations with, with Pastor Bill, and I'm looking at the clock, we should get out pretty close to right at nine, all right? But it's going to be a powerful time. But as we're making declarations, and if at any time you feel so moved, um, please come up and give an offering to, uh, you know, just as a seed for what God is going to do. So when Bill, um, and are you all ready to go, Jim? Okay, okay. be right there here. Um, so when he started out, the very first thing he was praying for was a church building. And when we get to that place where, where we're going to stand, I, I'm just going to ask that all of you would stand with us. I don't want Susanna to be the only one standing because I think he says, you know, senior leaders or whatever, if you need a building later on, there's going to be several things we're praying for. So later on, he's going to pray for those of you who need a home. He's going to pray. There's going to be all kinds of things that we're going to be declaring for and agreeing for. And he's going to give some great context to it all because he's amazing. Um, let me see if there's anything else I wanted to tell you. You know, break, breaking a, a poverty cycle. Uh, wisdom for economics. There's some things coming up here. Uh, restoring the inheritance to every family. So um, there's some really good things. And I want to pray first before we start this, because I want us to expect something. Whenever we're there at Bethel, there's such an expectancy in our heart, and it's not disappointed. And, and God wants us to have that expectancy as little children. It's a big part of receiving from him. So would you just agree with me? Holy Spirit, we're asking you to give us that childlike heart of expectancy. Just tell them, I want that childlike heart of expectancy. That some amazing things are going to happen right now. Amazing things in the kingdom. There's going to be some things birthed in the spirit right now that we're going to see unfold in the days and weeks and months ahead. Hope. Let hope be restored again. Let hope arise again in your hearts. Because there is a harvest there's billions of souls coming into the kingdom and we do need resources to bring them in. We do need that. So Jim, let's go ahead and let it roll. Thank you. Thanks. <laughs> I love you too. I'm ready for a big group hug. <laughs> uh, I feel like tonight is going to be uh, 
I felt it early this afternoon that there was going to be a release for an anointing, a grace for financial miracles. I really, you know what? It's it's one of those things that I'm as confident in as I've ever been. I think probably about anything in my life. When I, I don't throw that around carelessly, but I know when that anointing comes, I know that there's a responsibility to make the declaration and to make the opportunities for prayer for agreement and we'll just see how that unfolds tonight but uh, we've done this before we've done this uh, just recently we did something similar on a Sunday morning and began to announce the release of specific things uh, inheritances that were locked up and a gal came to me uh, a week or two later two weeks later I think it was she said I had an inheritance locked up in courts for six months and the day after we prayed it was released um, people are released uh, in cr- crazy conditions of indebtedness and in one act completely released from debt unexpected I, 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 I traveled around a while back uh, travel around. I didn't travel with this message but I felt a few places that I went I was supposed to make this decree that everybody is to receive an inheritance and uh, and I, I feel so strong about it. I feel like there, it's, it, we're supposed to have wisdom to recognize when it comes because it doesn't always come the way inheritances come. You know, it's not always last will and testament. And um, a, a gentleman came to me, oh, I think it was a year later, may have been a year and a half, and he came to me, he said, you know, he says, my parents, here's a guy I, I would guess to be in his 40s, maybe early 50s, 40s. And he came and says, my parents were Pentecostal preachers. They died penniless. They, they had no money. And, uh, and they, of course, weren't able to leave us anything. And so when you said everyone gets an inheritance, he automatically discounted himself in a sense, you know, from that word, or at least wondered how it would ever be possible because he had no, no comprehension of how that could be possible. When his family is dead, they're gone. They left nothing because they had nothing. And he said, you know, the strangest thing happened. He says, I, we found out that my parents owned a 40-acre farm when they were first married, and they sold it to go into the ministry. But they kept the mineral rights. And they discovered a, a tremendous resource of natural gas on that land. And he gets this humongous check every month out of nowhere because of this promise. Uh, I've seen too much. I've seen too much of how the Lord releases people. You know, if you've had the Lord provide for you supernatural, how many of you have had supernatural provision? Absolutely supernatural. The problem with when you've had it happen is you think you know how it's going to happen. <laughs> and uh, and he just, he has he has a lot of tricks up his sleeve. And uh, I feel like, uh, in fact, there's a, there's a couple here. They shared an amazing story with me. They're from Mississippi. Where are you guys at? And you got a new facility. Where are you guys still here? Right here. Come here, would you? Where's the mic? You, you just you got to hear things like this. You just need to take a couple minutes just to tell us just the the, the short version of this very amazing story. Come on up. Now remember, I, I, I want to encourage you. This is message time. This is all sermon stuff right here. And uh, when you hear a testimony, it's prophetic in nature. It doesn't bind God to a method, but it reveals his intended outcome. All right? 
So just just briefly tell us what happened. Uh, my name is James. This is First my of wife, all, Cindy. I'm so sorry. You received a prophetic word from a friend of ours. Bob, Bob, Hatt, start Bob with that. Hazel then, yeah. had about almost two years ago gave us a prophetic word when we were in Grand Rapids, Michigan. In fact, we didn't even know who he was, and we had this crazy, we don't even know how we got the flyer to about it. So my wife goes to it, and Bob gives this amazing word, and he says, Jackson, we pastor in Jackson, Michigan, which is about 40 uh, minutes west of Detroit. And so Bob gives us this amazing word and goes into details about things that were just crazy. Well, that was about 18 months later, and I've discovered when you get a prophetic word, sometimes it's scary now, because the longer the prophetic word, sometimes the longer the process. Yeah. You know, if if I could avoid the process and get right to the manifestation, I, I'd be a lot happier. Uh, and But yet, five years ago, my wife and I went to Jackson, Michigan, where I grew up, and and God brought us there. But it was five years ago that my sister-in-law, Crystal, had went to South Carolina and heard of a guy named Bill Johnson. And we never heard of Bill Johnson. And so we said, well, you go see Bill. And he, she, he was at Shiloh Place there ministering. And, and she gave us this word that Bill had said. And he said, never let your questions outweigh your revelation. And I have hung on to that. Because there's so many questions in the process, you know, and yet you still have to know about the revelation. And so at any rate, we've been removed from our denomination, uh, and it was a love thing. We, we just took it in love, and, and so we started meeting in hotels and meeting in other buildings. And about six months ago, I wake up with this picture in my head of a school. And so I had done some work with the superintendent of schools in Jackson, and so I called his office, and two days later I'm in his office, and I, I look at Dan, and I said, Dan, I said, there's a school in my head, and I said, do you know what school I'm talking about? He says, yeah, yeah. I said, well, listen, I don't have any money, but will you give me the school? And he looked at me, and he said, I think we can make this work. And so, and so I took some of my men and some of my board members who were like, uh, 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 Contractors, and we looked at the building. And to me, the greatest part of the miracle was getting opinionated men together at the end. And they all saw, they were just optimistic. And they said, you know, so I go back to his office. I said, Dan, we want this. And I said, but I don't know what to do. I mean, do I do PowerPoints to the school board? He said, listen, let me go to the school board individually to the board members. He became our advocate. And so he goes to the school board members, and two weeks later he comes back. He says, well, pastor, I've got some good news, not so good news, but just, just hear me out. I said, okay. He said, well, listen, some of the board members just think they can't give you the, give this to you because other people will be upset. So how does $50,000 sound? And, and I said, it sounds okay. And he said, how about a land contract at 5% interest? And I said, that sounds good too. And he said, how about if you don't pay on the land contract for five years? That's when we'll start the land contract in five years. And I said, okay. Uh, that sounds real good. And then so, 30 days later, I, I'm trying to put together money so we have a down payment. And I said, okay. It's the next day we're closing. And I said, well, what do we need for closing? He said, a $20 check. The school board is paying for everything. The lawyer fees and the closing costs. This is just amazing. It's everything that I... Come on. It's just amazing. It's just amazing. 
Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. And then the insurance people had looked at the complex and called me up that week and said, Pastor, to replace this complex is $4.5 million. It's 30,000 square feet and five acres of land in the inner city of Jackson, Michigan. Come on. Bless the Lord. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bless the Lord. There's an anointing here for the release of facilities. Facilities. Now, I don't remember when it was. It was, it was maybe, I don't remember if it was the last advance or it was the one before that. It's been in the last 18 months. We prayed for the release of million dollar gifts. And there has been an extraordinary release of that anointing. I've, I've never seen or heard anything like it. And it happened since that corporate prayer. There's an anointing right now for the release of facilities. There's something about land ownership that's important. Teach, teach your people about this, please. There's something important about land ownership. There's something important about you owning land, sanctifying the land, praying for the healing of the land. But right now, there's ministries represented, and there's a, a tremendous need of the release of facilities. If that's you, stand up. I'm, I'm not at all surprised that this many stood up. I... I feel the weight, the weight of the promise of the Lord in this. For some, it's going to happen supernaturally, much like this school. Others, there's going to be gifts. For others, he's just going to supply direction and resource. For some, it will look almost natural, but you'll know that it was supernaturally funded. It was sponsored, selected by the Lord. How many of you don't just want any building? You want the one he has in his heart for you. I believe, that, I believe there's going to be a clarity in the direction of the Lord. Just put your hands in front of you as an act of faith. Let's just begin to pray. Tell them what you want. He's not limited by it, but it's just a good thing to do, do shopping for him. We thank you, Lord God. We thank you, Lord. Just keep praying. Just tell them what you want. Be real specific. I tell you, there's a... There's a miracle release going to happen on many levels tonight. And one, I have no question. 
is the release of facilities. As Bill was talking about this, I immediately saw an angel come right here. And then I saw angels being released upon you. And they're there to assist and bring these things about because this is God's will. And so I just agree with that. Amen. Amen. I'm gonna, I want to make one more uh, uh, note, uh, comment, and then we're gonna, I want to pray over you. Um, the Lord revealed himself in the wilderness over Israel as fire at night and a cloud during the day. He manifested himself opposite to his surroundings. So how does he reveal himself in a recession? So Father, we, we thank you and we've set our hearts to honor the Lord Jesus Christ with every breath, every action. And we refuse to think small as much as we know how to get above that. We, we just pray right now for the release of facilities in every city represented. It would be so sovereignly the mark of God that people, a city, a community would stand in awe of supernatural supply, supernatural favor, supernatural direction. Lord, we look for you to go before us as well as bring the word from behind and give us the direction that says this is the way to walk in it and then release more than adequate supply. I pray in every situation that this time there would not be just enough. There would not be just enough. I pray for buildings to be well furnished. I pray for uh, extra income to sow into other ministries in the city, into other ministries, other facilities. Lord, I ask that this time it would be according to the measure of your extravagance, according to the measure of your glory. We pray this for the honor of the name Jesus. Everybody said, Amen. 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 I, this is a little bit awkward tonight because I, I have some things to share with you, but I, I think what I'll do is this, is let me do about a three or four minute deal. I'll put it in a context and we're just going to pray for more stuff. I, I, I can reduce the one hour message to five minutes. I just increased it by two minutes. It was three or four and I just went five. So that's to give me a buffer zone. I'm going to talk fast so you listen fast. Neither the law of the prophets could reveal the Father. They came to reveal something else. We know that Jesus came to die. We know that he came to initiate the existence of the realization of the kingdom on earth. We know that he came to expose the works of the devil. But his primary purpose for coming, all those points that we could list, fall under one primary category. Jesus came to reveal the Father. Nothing previous to him could reveal the Father. In John 17, he stood before the Father, and he gave an account of his ministry. And he said, I revealed your name. 
He said, I proclaimed your words. He said, I performed your works. And he gave an account of his assignment. He had told the disciples, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Everything he did was modeled after the Father. He only said what he heard his Father say. He only did what he saw his Father do. Everything was about revealing the Father because we live on an orphan planet. Jesus came with a mission. There are many things he had to accomplish. Those things were accomplished. But the mission remains. Reveal the Father. When he said, as the Father sent me, I send you, he was not saying, you also will pay for the sins of men. That was something only he could do. He didn't give us any of the assignment that only he could do. But everything he was given to do that could be passed on has been. And the primary focus of our assignment is to reveal a father to an orphan planet. A father is the one who brings identity. In a healthy home, a healthy environment, fathers bring identity. They bring a sense of purpose. They unfold, they unpack throughout their years of raising that child a sense of destiny. But there's one more thing that I've been uh, trying to champion in recent years is that fathers also create within their children a sense, in a kingdom sense, a sense of unlimited resources. Tragically, people will We all have limited number of days. Our days are numbered. We all have limited amount of strength for those days. But we have access to unlimited resources. And what happens is people in ministry constantly spend what's limited to save what's unlimited. And there's a shift taking place. I know that this, that I feel in my heart, that I can see, that I can taste, that I've, ta- I've touched in small measure. I know it's been distorted. I know it's been perverted. And I know that people drop it like a hot potato. But I'm telling you, there's a revelation of the kingdom having to do with kingdom resources that requires us to be able to access unlimited resources. Not to build personal kingdoms, but to use effectively. He said, love not the world. He's looking for somebody who will not be married in heart to an ungodly system. Let me put it this way. He's looking for someone who will love not the world that he can give the world to. There's a profound revelation of God 
as wisdom in Proverbs. He says, if you excel in work, you'll stand before kings. Very next verse, which is in the next chapter, he says, and when you're in the presence of kings, if you're a man of great appetite, put a knife to your throat because the food that you long for is deceptive food or possessions. What does he say? Hey, that excellence thing will give you influence. But the one way to lose the influence is start to pursue the things that come with excellence. You get into the environment of people that have extraordinary resources. If you turn your heart towards them, you've just decided where to level off and influence. The Lord, the Lord is looking for kingdom-oriented, kingdom-minded people who have it in their heart, in whatever measure we've been given, whatever grace we've been given, whatever measure of influence or responsibility we've been given, to use that position to reveal the Father. When Jesus healed blind Bartimaeus, he was showing what a father would do. He was revealing the father. When he walked up on a funeral where a child had died and he raised that child, he was revealing the father. And when the woman who was caught in adultery was thrown at his feet, he stooped down realizing that there's a crowd of people that can criticize him for having some sort of a heart-to-heart connection with a woman actually caught in the act of adultery. But he didn't care because this is a father-daughter moment. And any one of us as fathers couldn't give a rip what anybody in the crowd thought if we had a chance to see restoration in this connection. And the one way to find out what motivates people, whether it's the political spirit or the religious spirit, is to throw a controversy in the middle of the group. Because the political spirit will do what Pilate did, wash his hands of a matter to create distance. Because we don't want anyone to think we're associated with that person. And the religious spirit, it's quite the opposite. Pick up stones. We're going to show our zeal by our hatred of sin. And we want to bring judgment on the sin and the sinner. Neither of those are kingdom. Jesus, with the fallen one, is kingdom. He revealed the Father. And we've got people that are broken all over our cities that need to know the Father. We've got people who have never met the Lord and they've been, they've never come close because they never knew it was a father-daughter issue. They never knew it was a father-son issue. And this is the summons of the Lord. So Father, I pray that there would be a grace for this released over every life at an unusual level. That you'd give us a grace, a tenderness of heart to realize when we're pulled by that political spirit, when we actually are, are starting to put into the equation what somebody else might think instead of what you think, what your heart is, what your mind is for people. God, I pray for an unusual courage to rest upon the hearts of men and women of God right now, to rise up with great courage, the willingness to stoop with a woman 
caught in sin as a father and a daughter to get healed and restored. God, I pray that you restore the capacity within us as people to see this stuff healed permanently and restored and not be known for who we reject, but be known by those who get healed, by those who get restored, by those who who sing again, who dance once again, who preach once again, who live once again. God, I pray that you would give us the privilege in every one of our churches to see Samson's hair grow back again. And it would be the testimony for grace. Thank you. Okay, I'm going to fast forward about 10 minutes, and um, the next thing Bill's going to do is have, he says, again, the senior leader stand. What I really want right now for this one is um, to, if you are just a leader of a ministry, you know, within Blazing Fire or any other place, you know, over a small group, over a prayer group, over whatever, if you're just a leader of a ministry, it would be really appropriate for you to stand and uh, I'm really good too. If you're a if you're an owner, business owner, that kind of thing, please go ahead and stand as well. So I'm gonna. I may do. It may take me a couple tries here. I'm gonna go ahead about. And I saw a magnificent. We're going past that. Envisioned in your. Sorry. God. Yes. God, we. Pr- I want us to pray once again for million dollar gifts. Now, when I say that, it's going to be literal in many cases. In other cases, a million isn't needed. It'll be 500,000 or something, you know. But I I, I feel like, you know, I feel like we're just supposed to go for it. I I feel like it's, for me, it's a symbolic, it's a symbolic number. And somebody told us years ago, they said the first million is the hardest to get in in breakthrough in, in ministry. And, uh, but once that happens, we've seen it. It just, it releases so much. Those of you that are sitting down, those of you that are sitting down, extend a hand towards those that are standing. Okay, I'm sorry, I went too far. So go ahead and stand if you're one of those things I just said. So a ministry leader, you know, leader over some group. If you're a, a, a owner of a, of a business, go ahead and stand. We're gonna, what he's praying for now is the release of the finances to go after your dreams. The Lord desires this breakthrough more than they have the capacity to desire this breakthrough. That's absolutely the truth. His desire for these kinds of breakthroughs are greater than our capacity. What we're going to do is we're going to partner with him. I want those of you that are sitting down, I want you to call the money in. As though it were a friend that was down the street, I want you to call them into that ministry. That person you're, you're pointing towards, uh, just call, literally, call it home. Call it home. That money Go ahead. needs a if home. you're sitting, just call we it call home it to the home people now. around you. In the name of the Lord Jesus. We call it home. 
go ahead, just call it in. Those of you who need it, those of you who are around it, just bless, call it in, say, money, it's time to come home. home. It's time to come to where the Lord designed you to make a difference in this person's life, for them to make a difference for the kingdom. We call it home. Todd, you're going to get a million dollars. Million dollar gift. I'm telling you, God has assigned you of restoration of favor. God is going to release a million dollar gift to you. We release, we decree that in Jesus' name. We declare that over every single ministry in this place. Every ministry. Release, Lord. Release, release. We pray for favor that the face of God would shine upon these individuals. Favor and increase. We call for million dollar gifts in Jesus' name. I know there are people watching online. There are ministries that are watching online. We do the same for them. We pray that this would be the season of the most unusual breakthrough. It's said that Amy Semple McPherson built her extraordinary facility during the Great Depression just because that's the way God is. And so we're, we're calling for right now the most unusual economic breakthrough, not just for you and your ministry, but for our people, for our people, that there would be jobs and better jobs and raises and bonuses, unusual measures of provision for the people we serve. We, we call for those witty inventions. We call for a speedy path to the development of those investments, those inventions in our churches, the people in our churches. We just declare that worry and fear will no longer steal creativity from the people of God. It's as though there are children waiting to be born. These children are ideas, but they've been kept away because of worry and anxiety and fear. We just say worry and anxiety and fear will no longer rest in us. No, no longer kill the capacity in our churches for creativity. We declare its release now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I, I challenge you to prophesy this stuff to people on Sundays, of inventions, of witty ideas, uh, unusual favor, acts of, the things would open up for people. We had a church that I'm somewhat connected to back east. Uh, One of the uh, families in the church had, I think it was a two-year period of time where they just couldn't get work. And he he had to constantly go down to the church pantry and get food to feed his own family. And, uh, this went on for a couple of years. The Lord gave him an idea that was, I think it was last year, it was purchased by a very large company for $20 million. So he, he no longer goes to the church pantry to take food. Don't sacrifice what's unlimited to save or to at the expense of what's limited our number of days don't spend your days and your strength 
in place of something that we have without limit. I feel like the Lord wants to release homes to people that are renting, people that are without homes. You may be in transition, you don't have a home of your own. I feel like it's the time for home ownership, so I want you to stand. Go ahead and stand so if you it's just you. Keep standing no matter what I say, so we'll just. <laughs> Reminds me of my first time to Toronto. I, I came home and told people they could have had an altar call for pregnant African American pastors' wives, and I would have gone forward. Stand a hand towards these. I I feel like we're just supposed to pray that the Lord would release the breakthrough in homes. It's not a long prayer. It's just a simple decree. Give the direction. Give the provision. Give the favor. Take them to the right neighborhood, to the right home. We thank you for that, Lord. We thank you for that. This includes some of you that are transitioning. You're sitting down but you know you're moving to another home, we declare that for you as well, that the Lord will release that provision, that home for you, in Jesus' name. There's a lot of homes to be had. They might be your, might as well be yours. Thank you for that, Lord God. Thank you for that, Lord. Yep, everybody gets a home. Just declare it to him. Everybody gets a home. Everybody gets a home. All right. Okay, I'm going to fast forward one more time. powerful prayer of the night. I, without had a series of unusual experiences in 2003, and they're going to sound silly to you, but it was sometimes silly things are very profound when you are aware that God's in them. And I had a period of time where it just seemed that I, could, I couldn't go by without, you know, it seemed like I couldn't go a day without running into the number 555 for some reason. And, uh, you know, anytime I see unusual coincidences, I'm automatically encouraged because I know at minimum God is just encouraging me with, you're at the right place at the right time. I don't have to try to get an interpretation out of everything. But... I was, it was October of 2003, I was in Minneapolis, and it had happened over and over again. I went to bed quite late. I woke up, digital clocks at 5.55. I said out loud, I said, what are you trying to tell me? Because it was like, he kept, you know, you know, Samuel. So he just kept calling the name, I go, okay, I'm listening, what are you trying to say? And he spoke. And this is what he said. The day of the anointing for the cancellation of debt is upon you. Come on. And I feel like we need a corporate anointing to release people from not only the indebtedness of guilt, 
the indebtedness of shame. But I feel like the Lord wants to release something over us that would start releasing people from financial debt. That it would end cycles of poverty, end cycles of indebtedness. There is an anointing for it. I, I understand there's a lot of things, factors involved when you talked about sustained poverty. But I, Proverbs says, there is wealth in the soil of the poor, but injustice keeps it from them. Injustice keeps them from being able to access what God's given them. It may be injustice through their family line. It may be in all kinds of directions, but it is injustice. And I feel like there's an anointing to break the spirit of injustice. Yes. So stand again. Everyone stand up. Everyone this time. I want you to ask the Lord for that anointing. This has to matter to you. I can pray it over you, but I tell you, I feel like this has to matter. That we want to release people. From some of, for some of you, it will be a gift that you give. For another, it will be the breaking of systemic poverty over a family line. This has to matter to us. We've got to see poverty end in this nation. Nations represented. We've got to see it end. Lift your voices. You ask the Lord for it, and I'm going to pray for that release of anointing. Tell them how much it matters to you. your hands in front of you once again. Father, I ask that you to release the gift, that grace, an anointing that's unexplainable, but through decree, something's released where people are no longer bound by debt. We obviously want freedom from shame, guilt, regret, all the stuff that plagues people. But God, I'm asking specifically, along with all of that, that you would release an unusual anointing to break the cycle of systemic poverty, to break the cycle of indebtedness. I ask that it would work first within this room, that, Lord, my prayer is that everyone by this time next year would be debt-free. Everyone would be debt-free. That you would release that grace, that anointing, that unusually churches, homes, things would be paid off. And God, we purpose to live in such a way that we won't, we will not become encumbered and become slaves again to death. We pray for that grace right now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. All right, you guys doing all right? We're going to do two more things. On this one, I want you to grab a hand. <laughs> I hope you're all right. I just, I just feel like 
I keep seeing these targets pop up, and I'm, I got my bullseye right. I got to pull the trigger on this one. I believe the Lord is going to release, or to pray for, a wisdom for economics. Now, here's what's happened in life. You, you guys know this. Kings and priests. Priests ministry king's business. They've not always gotten along. The priests want the kings to make money so they can give to the ministry instead of as the sign of them succeeding at what God's called them to do. And there's been very seldom where the priests have given permission for kings to excel at what they've been assigned to do. The problem goes the other way as well. There's a resistance on the part of kings to partner with people in ministry because they don't want to be taken advantage of. We've got to get this thing healed, number one. But number two, what I believe is going to happen in this season is ministry leaders are going to start getting the wisdom of the kings. Because tithes and offerings are going to be supplemental. Supplemental to the income of the church because of a true partnership. It's going to be supplemental. We need to pray for that wisdom. We need to pray for that wisdom, that God would give us the wisdom, a supernatural gift of wisdom, to be able to manage well Listen, not building personal empires and kingdoms, but truly kingdom enterprise because we've learned the wisdom of business. Pray for each other right now. Release it, Lord, over every ministry. Extraordinary wisdom for finances, for investments. No more shame for churches having investments. No more, no more. No more. Don't stop. Don't slow down at all, at all push into this. There's a real power that wars against this thing. Pray for that person on your right and left. Give them wisdom. Unusual wisdom. Unusual wisdom. Increase everything you put in their hands. Everything would increase. Everything would increase. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Amen. I, I pray, Father, for that a gift of wisdom that surprises us. That we would just know in our knower what to do with certain resources how to anticipate um, uh, things that are unpredictable, how to hear the voice of the Lord 
in as not only words of knowledge for healing, deliverance, those things, but also in economics that you'd help us to move in partnership, kings and priests, to be, see transformation in our cities, transformation in our nations. We pray for this, that Jesus would be honored, that Jesus would be held in highest honor. Thank you. You can drop hands. We've got one more thing. If you want to sit down, you can. I don't know if you're tired or not. Some of you thing to pray and have it come. My favorite stories down thing to pray and have it come. My favorite stories were the people like a George Mueller who would sit down with his orphans or a missionary family that would sit down. They would have no food. They would pray. They would sit at the table. They would set the table. The plates, silverware, everything, no food. They would thank the Lord for the food. A knock would come at the door, and somebody would come with the food. I love those stories. But the wilderness, where food was provided every day, was preparation for the promised land, where you get to be the one who knocks on the door. I love when the breakthrough has come for me. I'm telling you, I, I've got stories like you do. Unusual miracles. I'm so thankful. But they were training for promised land living. Because I want to be the guy that knocks on the door. And I have been the guy that knocks on the door. As the Lord releases to us, we look. The door we could knock on. Now, we're going to pray for two things at once. I let you sit down and rest. Your rest is over. Stand up again, please. <laughs> Some of you may never come back just because we stand so much. You will be fit by the end of the week. I want us to pray, honestly. I want us to pray with that concept I just shared. I want us to pray for one thing in mind to bring about that breakthrough. I want to pray everyone gets an inheritance. I want us to pray for that unusual favor coming out of unusual places, unexpected amounts, unpredictable, but it's because we've aligned our heart with his saying, thanks for training us by having nothing so you could trust us with something because we want to knock on the door. I want you to start praying for each other. This one is free flow. Lay hands on one another to start praying, declaring breakthrough. Then I'll pray over you. Then we're going to have a big fire tunnel. Unusual breakthrough, Lord God. Unusual breakthrough. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, Lord. Wonderful God.
Everybody gets an inheritance. There's a big miracle. How many of you are through? For them to discover resources, natural resources on church properties. I just read of someone today, maybe somebody here, forgive me. They were drilling for oil on the back of the church property. They hit an artesian well. I just feel like there's just prophetic stuff happening. God is releasing resources in unusual ways. Don't limit him. Don't limit him. Don't limit him. I think it's Psalm 78 that says that, that uh, they tempted God when they limited him. Wow, there must be some way to pray into that one. So we just say, Lord, restore the inheritance for every family. We say, release of inheritance for every household, even those that have already received it. Let there be another layer coming, Lord. We pray for that release in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I have a friend that the Lord just talks to about uh, investment stuff. He just talks to him. He just, several years ago, he told him, buy, the Lord woke him up and said, buy Ford stock. And he said, Ford stock, not GM. He says, don't touch GM with a 10-foot pole. That's what, he, that's what he told him. So he bought Ford stock. It multiplied like, I think, 20 times over. And the Lord said, sell it. And he sold it. The Lord spoke to him and said, buy silver. So he bought an enormous amount of silver. The Lord woke him up one day and says, sell it today. He sold it that day. Within two days, it had dropped like 50%, 30%. I, I feel like that sort of stuff. Just start getting ready to hear. Uh, start getting ready to hear. Because I, like, I feel like the Lord, you know, you keep hearing about the billion soul harvest. It takes resources for the billion soul harvest. Let's give him thanks for all that has just been Yes, Lord. Yes, Papa. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being a good dad. Yes. Yes, Lord. Yes. Yes. There is there is so much hope in this room. It's see but this is the kingdom. 
This is not I, just because sometimes maybe leaders have have uh, talked about wealth as in you know for your own benefit and done some things with it that they shouldn't have doesn't mean it's not true. This other part isn't true that we're supposed to have resources from heaven to do everything and more that God has called us to do. That's His promise. That's His end of it. So I want to end with this. I do want to ask if the prayer teams would come forward. Uh, that that are set for today. I want you to come forward. But this is what I want to do is I want just as the father of this house, I want to give you a blessing. All right. I just want to extend a blessing to you. So you can stand, sit, but put your hands out to receive a blessing. All right. Whoa. So father, <laughs> with your authority as, as the father of this house, I I release blessing. I release favor in Jesus' name. Father, I ask that you would increase the ability for every son and daughter in this room of yours to see the dreams more clearly, to see the visions you've placed in their heart, to once again step out with what you've called them to do. But Father, I release the heavenly resources to go along with those dreams. Father, would you give them not only a heart for um, what you want them to do in their own immediate uh, vicinity of, 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 of favor that they have, but also, God, that over time, that dream's going to grow even bigger. They're going to bless even more and more people than they can even imagine right now. Thank you, Father, that that's your heart. So, Lord, I just speak a blessing, a blessing, a blessing, a blessing, a blessing. The Father's blessing. And I am proud of you. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you for going after your dreams, for not giving up, for not quitting. Whoa, for choosing to look at the Lord and see his eyes of approval over you. And I bless you to live in this life that is his success story. Your life is his success story. And I bless you to keep going, to keep going, to keep going and make a huge difference in this world. In Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah. Prayer teams come up here. Go ahead and prayer teams come up. There's, there you go. So if you would like prayer for healing, come on up. If you want prayer of agreement for something that came up today, you know, you just want one more person to say, I agree, uh, for, for God's provision for something in your life. Go ahead, but come up again with expectancy in your heart. Like a little child, all right? And um, Jim, wherever you are, if you could turn up the lights a little bit and maybe put a little music on. That'd be awesome. You can use the, uh, on my computer if you need it, you know, the iTunes.
Changing hearts and minds And healing broken minds 